You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right. Yeah. Man, kudos to you ladies giving birth to babies. So glad God called you to do it, not me. Woo! Because men are, you, ladies, you know, men are big babies, right? We are. I scratch my hand and I'm crying for a week. So, uh, hey, listen. Yeah, my wife said, preach. All right. Well, let me let me bring this back around so this kind of comes off on a serious note too, right? Says so uh, we're gonna jump into the word here this morning. Let's just pray for a second, Father. I just thank you for your provision, for your wisdom, for your peace in our life. And Father, I'm so thankful that um, you sent your Son Jesus to die for me. And I'm so thankful for the life that we have in Him. And Father, we just pray today as as I bring this word that God, you would just speak through me, you would drop deposits inside of people, and that God, as you said in your word, that your word never comes back to us void. So Father, we pray every word that goes forth will come back and produce a harvest in our life. And it's in your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Uh, I'm going to be talking to you this morning um, a little bit around the, the idea of being rooted being rooted in God's word, being rooted in who he is. And, you know, uh, the God, God is calling the church to change culture, not to mimic it. Okay, let me say that again. God is calling the church to change culture, not mimic it. And unfortunately, we've been having a lot of imitation. We've been having a lot of mimicking in the last couple of years. And uh, I think there's a shift that's getting ready to take place across this country. I mean, I've been seeing it in different places. Matter of fact, I just experienced coming back from Arkansas where Cody and Julie are at, a, at a, the church that they're at, just seeing the fire of God on people and them being hungry and wanting to go after God with all of their heart and their soul. You know, I think we've got to get back to the basics of understanding um, that if we are not rooted in the soil of Scripture, uh, we'll succumb, okay, we will succumb to the pressures that are in our lives. Would you agree with that? And what happens when we don't get rooted and grounded in the soil of Scripture, then when pressures do happen, we, we don't have the... We don't have the ability to fight off all the things that are coming against us because we're spiritually bankrupt. It's like when you're in the when you have a bank account. If you don't put money in your bank account and you go to withdraw and there's nothing there because you didn't put anything in the account. And I think so many people are running on low account balances. Does that make sense? And we have a responsibility to fill those accounts up. Just like we do in the natural, we have a responsibility in the spiritual to fill up our accounts. And I, I love this story, and, and you might say, well, this is just, it's crazy. But when you talk about Jesus in Matthew 4, when he goes into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's being tempted. You know, in the very beginning, he's in the desert. You know, he's doing pretty good. You know, he's probably the first five days in, he's not feeling too, too hungry, but, you know, he's still being really strong. But then as he goes on and goes on, and it gets longer and it gets longer, 
what happens? He begins to weaken. He, he begins to uh, be fatigued. He, he's, he's beginning to feel hunger. And that's when the enemy struck, right? That's when the enemy struck. Listen, the enemy never strikes you, and he never comes after you when you're at your peak or when you're at your strongest, does he? Does he? He comes at you when you're at your weakest moment in life. He comes at you when you're at the lowest point and you're barely hanging on, right? And, and what did Jesus say when the enemy came to him and he started giving him all these, hey, if you do this, I'll, you know, I'll turn the, you know, and give you the power to do this. And I'll, What did Jesus say to him? What was his response to him? He said, man shall what? Not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? And, uh, you know, we have to be willing to make a decision that in our deepest need, are we going to rely on Jesus and what he's capable of doing in our lives? Or are we going to give in and we're going to go down the path of least resistance? Hey, I'm preaching better than you guys are shouting me down. Come on. I, and I'm preaching to myself this morning because this is true. We, we tend as human beings to take the path of least resistance. Why? Because it's easy. Who wants to, who wants to go down a path that's hard, right? But I'm going to tell you something. It's in the times that we're going down the paths that are hard and we're staying connected to the Father. We're staying connected to Jesus. We're staying connected. Man, my voice just cracked. Did you hear that? <clears throat> I already went through puberty a long time ago. <laughs> Might be menopause. You know what that is? <laughs> menopause. I always, I, I go to that when I start doing dumb things, you know, as I get older. I'm like, oh, it's just menopause, you know. Okay, come back. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's, it's always easy to go down the path of, of the least resistant. But listen, God is wanting to grow you in this season. He is wanting you to get stronger. He is wanting you to get healthier. He is wanting you to be able to uh, withstand anything that the enemy throws at you. And even in lean times, he is wanting you to come out so strong. He really is. And, and, and you know, I'm not a prophet of gloom and doom, but guys, let me tell you something. Uh, things can get hard. They can get hard. And what are we going to turn to when they get hard? Are we going to turn to Scripture? Are, are we going to begin to, and, and, and we'll unpack this, are we going to begin to allow our roots to go deeper, or are they going to stay shallow? Okay? So uh, let's, let's throw that slide up, Matthew 16, uh, 13 through 15, I think. Okay? So let's, let's read this. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Verse 14. They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then Jesus said something that was astonishing to me. He put them on the spot and he said, But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Hold off on that next verse. Who do you say I am? I think that is the question that God wants to ask. He wants to ask all of us. Okay, go to the next verse. Then Simon Peter answered 
And he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, Jesus, Jesus came and he, he says something to Peter after Peter says this. And uh, it's, 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 let me get my glasses on. It's really telling because uh, when Peter says this, what did we say, Matthew 16? Sorry, guys. Jesus replied in, in, in verse 17, he said, after Peter said this, he said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Okay, soak on that for a minute. <laughs> he said, you did not learn this from any man, from any human being. He said, my Father in heaven revealed this to you. And I, I think the, the, the poignant thing here that we're looking at is that, you know, Jesus is asking every human being that ever lives on this earth, who do you say I am? Because, you know, if you say that Jesus is... You know, if you say, Jesus, oh, I believe he was a good man, or I believe that he was a great teacher, or I think this, or I think that, if your answer is not that he was the Son of God, then you have the wrong answer. You have the wrong answer. And your answer to that question will determine how your li his life will impact yours and where you spend eternity. And how victorious you're going to be or not be. Does that make sense? You know, and we, and we have a lot of people saying a lot of things today. <laughs> we have a lot of people saying a lot of things. And uh, there are, they're saying things like, there are many paths to God. Can I tell you that is wrong? That's false. There are not many paths to God. There is one path to God. Now, can God use anything in your life? Can he take two negatives and turn it into a positive? Absolutely. Every, anybody knows math, right? Negative, negative is a positive. He could take any negative in your life and turn it into a positive. But there are not many paths to God. There is one path to God. Buddha can't lead you to God. Scientology can't lead you to God. Hinduism can't lead you to God. Atheism sure can't lead you to God. Judaism, uh, for all the... The, the chosen people of Israel, Judaism couldn't even lead you to God. And, um, you know, Matthew 24, 23 said, and, the, and this is a telling tale, it says, then if anyone tells you, look here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. Why? Because for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and even even perform great signs and wonders, and even so to deceive. No, there is only one path to God, and that's through Jesus. He is the way. He is the only way. And um, put up John 14, 6, that next slide. Jesus answered, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to read it again. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have a lot of people today saying that you can get to heaven so many different ways. Why? Because they're basing it on emotion. 
and they're basing it on feeling. And, you know, we're in, we're in a, listen, some of the worst theology comes from misplaced empathy. Some of the worst theology comes from misplaced empathy. And that's where we identify more with the feeling of others than the word of God. Say amen, it's true. You know, and we're in a dangerous place because society is changing the narrative of what is evil and what is good. Evil is, evil is now good and good is now evil. Have you not seen this? Totally changed the narrative. You know, and, 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 and into the place where what's true is false and what false is true now. And we're, we're in the greatest war right now for the future generations of this, of this world. Right now, you are in a war for your kids, for your grandkids, for their kids and their grandkids. Parents, I, I said this on Facebook the other day. I, I implore you. There is a battle going on for your children right now. Do not let social media groom your kids. I'm telling you right now, they are being groomed by, these, by social media and by their phones, by their smartphones. And, you know, I, I'm not the one that can sit here and tell you what you need to do with that and how you need to monitor that, but I'm telling you, if you're not monitoring it, uh, they're, getting, they're getting downloads that are not from him. And it's our responsibility to train up our children in the way they should go. Yeah, I know it's tiring. Good Lord, I know Terry just came back from two weeks of taking care of uh, Miriam, a, a three-month-old and a three-year-old, and she was exhausted. But I'm going to tell you something. I know it's tiring, but if you don't do it, who's going to do it? And God has given you the responsibility to raise your children, not the world. I could keep going on this, but I'm not going to. You know, what's behind this? Well, we know the enemy is behind it. He has created this crisis. It's all around fear, the fear of the future, the fear of man, the fear of missing it. That's a big one. You know, you say FOMO, fear of missing out. But the fear of missing it, like, oh, is this actually what I believe? Is this actually what the Bible says? Is, is, that, is that doctrine or is that theology right or wrong? And I'm not saying not interpreting, not to get out and study the Word of God, but what I'm saying is, so many times people are fear, they're afraid of missing it, they get misled to the point of being deceived. And guys, I've seen this happen in the la even in the last five years. I've been around eight or nine different leaders that I worked with very close, and now none of them are serving God. None of them. They're, they're out on some third planet somewhere. I, and and I'm, it's funny, I know, but, but I'm telling you, it's true. And they're not even, they're not, they don't even believe in, in God anymore. They just believe in their feelings and their emotions and, hey, whatever feels good, I'm going to do it. Listen, this is what we're, we're being challenged with. Why? Because they weren't rooted in the soil of Scripture. This is a big deal, guys. I'm telling you, it's, it's a really big deal. You know, Matthew, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. Fear cre creates disillusionment, and disillusionment creates the acceptance of beliefs not based on the truth. Yeah. 
That's why they fell away. That's why they fell away. And Matthew 24, 21 says this. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. That's what Matthew says. Now, could this have happened back 2,000 years ago? I mean, just think about all the things that have happened in the Word, in the, in the word where people were faced with immeasurable issues, uh, horrific babies being killed. I mean, you're sitting there thinking, going, how could, that, how could it be any worse than that? Well, let me tell you something. It, it, today, it is worse because there is a psychological warfare that has been unleashed on our society. And again, what's at stake is our lives in, our, in the future generations. <coughs> Since 2020, I'm going to give you some stats. This will blow your mind. Since 2020, we have seen the rates of depression and anxiety climb to a staggering, hold on, 61% between the ages of 18 to 29. 61% since 2020. And so, some statistics are even higher than that. For, for, for the ages of 18 to 29, or I'm sorry, for 30 and older, it rose 25%. Listen, false truths or misinformation, misinformation create a spirit of fear. It creates isolation. It creates rejection. It creates moral bankruptcy. It creates anxiety. It creates depression. It creates a spirit of religion. But his truth, just the opposite, brings inclusion, peace, Power, love, a sound mind, acceptance, and inheritance, and a spirit of freedom. Come on. Somebody say amen to that. We don't want, the, we don't want any of that other stuff. And, you know, here's the deal. People are rewriting what they believe to be true based on, again, on feelings and emotion, on misplaced empathy that has been falsified by the enemy. And, you know, how do we combat this? You know, we... Here's the deal. We have to immerse ourselves in the truth, uh, not a truth. The truth. Not a truth. Not your truth, not my truth, not your truth, not your truth based on your experiences, not your truth based on your hurt and your pain, but on the truth. That's what we have to do. Jesus said again, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Throw up that, uh, the picture I asked you to put up for me. We're going to take a little side trail here. Look at this guy. Y'all know who this is? This is Mando. This is the Mandalorian. Any Star Wars fans out there? Come on. Woo-hoo! Love this series. So what I love about the Mandalorians is they were an ancient society and a culture and through their beliefs and practices, they stood the test of times and they continue to bring order to a lawless galaxy. One of the things they really believed in was they have a certain way of doing things. And if they would fight to hold on to those principles. 
one of those principles is a Mandalorian never removes his helmet. If he removes his helmet, then he's not a Mandalorian anymore because he's exposed himself and he is, he's shown his humanity side, okay? And when he does that, the only way to regain his position as a Mandalorian is to go bathe in the waters of something. I can't remember the name of it. But I love the Mandalorian because every time they get in a place where something is really hard, like they're, they're faced against numbers that are, you know, that are just impossible to defeat, or they find themselves in a place where they're, they're having to fight, or they find themselves in a place where they're, they're finding a lot of resistance. They stop, and in the middle of the thing, they say, this is the way. This is the way. And Jesus is saying that today. He is saying, this is the way. That'll preach right there. Come on. Not, not all of Disney stuff is bad. We can, listen, we can find the good in anything, okay? But uh, sorry, I'm just a Star Wars fan, so I'm going to hang on to the Mandalorian. But he says, this is the way. And guys, we have got to get, a pl- get to a place where we understand that this is the way. The, the way Jesus established it, there is no compromise in it. If you compromise, you are not going to do well. It's the whole thing about being lukewarm. He'd rather have you hot or cold but not lukewarm. Why? Because he said he'd rather spit you out of his mouth if you're lukewarm. Because it just means you're coasting. You're in neutral. You're not going towards the victory. You're not staying in his victory. You're just leaning back and kind of falling back in the draft of his grace. He didn't intend for you to to live from a place of just his grace. He wanted you to live from a place of his victory. Amen? You know, so often culture encourages us towards quick fix solutions or shortcuts, but with, how many of you guys know, but with the deep things of God, there's no drive-through and there's no fast-track approaches. There's just not. If you want a quick fix... And, you know, we see it happening in churches all across America. And I'm not saying this to, be, to beat people up and put shame on them, but they jump from church to church to church to church. They jump from meeting to meeting to meeting. And they what, what do they want? They want a quick fix. They don't want to put in the hard work of being faithful and being rooted and being committed to what God has asked them to do because it's hard. The path of resistance is not easy. But that's the life he, he never said when you got, when you came to him and he, and you, he, you said yes to him that your life was going to be easy. He never said that. This is the way. This is the way. I love this verse, Psalms 1-3. He said, um, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Isn't that a great verse? And and, and it's funny in Psalms 1-3 talking about this verse because where we're going about being rooted, this is all about the Christian walk, about bringing forth fruit about being planted in healthy soil. 
And, it, and we have a responsibility in that. You know, in the growth cycle of a fruit-bearing plant or tree, what happens? Fruit comes at the very end. It's only after the seed has been watered, it breaks open, and it begins to shoot up that the roots start going down. Right? And fruit only comes as the roots go deeper and hit the nutrients of the soil. There are so many of us, me included in the early days, that I never went deep enough and I never was able to produce the kind of fruit I needed to produce because I didn't go deep enough in the soil of Scripture, in the soil of who he was. And so what happens? When the cares of life came along and the sun beat down on my plant and on me trying to grow and all that, I withered. Why? Because I was not connected to him on an intimate level. And I was only coasting. You know, inside every one of us, there's a desire to have a greater impact in the world. And, and this desire was born at the moment that you gave your life to him. Every single one of you have that desire. Now, you may have forgotten about it because you allowed the cares of life to choke some things out, but if you start rekindling those thoughts and those ideas and those promises and the things that he's spoken over you, you'll start feeling that desire to make an impact again. But you have to, you have to nourish it. You have to feed it. You have to take care of it. You know, Romans 1.16 says, it's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. It's the power of God saving everyone who believes. That is not just left up to salvation. That's left up to anything in your life. The power of God at work in your life, when, when, you, when you grab onto it and you believe, when you've tasted his goodness and you've tasted his power, you want to see that power at work in your life, but you should want to see that working through uh, other people and bringing life and hope of Jesus to a broken world. Being aware in the moment. I'll tell you this little quick side story. So Terry and I were in Arkansas this last week, and we were coming back, and uh, we put the GPS in. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, so, you know, I hate GPS in a lot of ways because I always think GPS is taking me down the wrong road. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no, nah, this can't be right. It just doesn't feel right. And every time my wife just busts my chops, like, you got to trust the GPS, so she's drilled that in me. So for the last three or four years, she's like, trust the GPS, trust the GPS. <laughs> it, you're talking about on the GPS. Yeah. Let's clarify that. Um, <laughs> you threw me off. Come on, Steve. I totally just lost it. It's the GPS. So we're driving down the road, and I'm, I mean, literally, I'm looking at the GPS, and it says 111 miles to your next exit. So I'm driving, and I'm in the third lane over, and all of a sudden, I see it go like this. And I went, I mean, I barely even looked to my right. I mean, literally, I'm like, I do not want to get yelled at. So, wow, yeah, I whipped that thing around, and I took off down that exit, and, uh, we get to a stop sign, and there's a homeless guy standing there with a dog. And I'm like, oh, the poor, you know, I actually probably had more empathy for the dog than I did for the homeless guy. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm like, poor little dog. 
he doesn't have any say in this. He's on a leash and can't go anywhere, you know? And uh, I didn't say all that. I'm just, I'm just trying to make fun. Um, and so I, well, who carries cash these days? Come on, not very many people. I happen to have $5 in my pocket, and I'm like, I need to get this guy some money. So we rolled down the window. I said, hey, man, take care of your little buddy. <laughs> I gave him $5, and we followed the GPS and went down this road, and we're going for about two miles, and Terry goes, this just don't feel right. <laughs> it's what I've been saying for three years. She says, you got to turn around. So we turned around, and sure enough, we, we cleared them all out. She got hers on. I got my GPS on, and it said, go back the other way. You got to get back on the highway. And I'm like, stupid GPS. <laughs> Here's the point I'm trying to make. So we go back and we pass the homeless guy again. Life is just like this, man. We, we get in a place of being unaware. Now, I didn't hear God say, hey, I need you to take this exit because you need to give this guy five bucks. But I think it was that simple. I didn't hear. I was unaware. Why? Because I wasn't listening. That's a side note. I just think, I think it's a point that we need, to, we need to understand because God's speaking always. And either we're going to be aware or we're going to be unaware. Okay, i got to speed this up. John 15, Jesus announces that he chose and appointed us to bear fruit. Throw up this slide. Matthew 21, 18. Oh, this is... This is where, I'm glad I put that, I forgot to put these up there. So here's, here's a side note. So we're talking about bearing fruit, and Jesus gives two different distinct stories about a fig tree, which is interesting because in Israel, the most common fruit, I think, in the common tree that bore fruit was a fig tree. And so in, in this verse, it says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Next verse. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again, and immediately the tree withered. Okay, that story's interesting, because a lot of people think, and you can get two different versions of this and two different stories of this, but most people think this is dealing with great faith, speaking words, and the power of your words. But where we're going with this is going to be about bearing fruit. Uh, Go to the next slide, Luke 13, 6 through 8. Then Jesus tells a parable. He says, A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. Go to the next verse. There we go. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. He said, cut it down. Why should it continue to use up the soil? So Jesus is pretty clear. It's like it hadn't hadn't been bearing fruit. Cut it down. Quit using up the soil. Let's get rid of it. Well, first thing we have to understand in this whole thing is that in the Old Testament, the fig tree often stood as a symbol for the nation of Israel. And in Jeremiah 8.13, Hosea 9.10, and there's a couple other scriptures, 
uh, it, it talks about how God's dealing with Israel was compared to fruit and compared to a fig tree. Second, we also need to observe that the cursing of the fig tree occur, occurs, occurs, not occurs beer, occurs, <laughs> occurs four days before his crucifixion. Four days before his crucifixion. Third, Jesus is thinking about the nation of Israel here. It's literally four days before his crucifixion, and he's obviously, obviously in deep contemplation. And, uh, you know, like two verses later in Matthew 23, 37, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. You weren't willing. I wanted to gather you. I wanted to take care of you. I wanted to protect you. I wanted to bring you in under my covering, but you would not let me. I'm going to read Jeremiah 8, 13, and this is... uh, This is comparing Israel to a fig tree. And God says, I will surely consume them, says the Lord. No grapes shall be on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. And the leaves shall fade, and the things I have given them shall pass away from them. What was happening when Jesus went to the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree? What basically was happening was there has not been any fruit on this fig tree. You have not been in me, and I have not been in you, and you have not changed the way you do things. Therefore, there is a new order coming. There's a new order coming. I'm four days from creating a whole new order, a whole new covenant I am stepping into. And you're either going to believe it, and you're going to accept it, and it's going to be your free will, or, you, or you're not going to accept it, and you're going to perish. It comes back to the point that he wanted so much for Israel to bear the fruit of the kingdom. And they rejected it. They refused it. He was, he was doing this. He was making a sign. And he was grieving. Let's go back to the slide at John 15, 5 and 6 real quick. I think we got that up there. And Jesus answered again, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, that's six. Can we go to five and six? Or five? Oh, here we go. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned because they're not producing anything. He's coming back to the whole thing that if you're in me, you're supposed to bear Uh, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go bear fruit that will last. You know, Jesus cursing the fig tree really was Jesus' way of saying that the whole nation had become spiritually barren before the Lord. They had a form of religion, but no relationship with him because they were not rooted in him and they were not producing fruit. As a follower of Christ, it's your calling and your destiny to bear fruit. Not just bear a little fruit, bear a lot of fruit. You have the choice to bear a lot of fruit. And if you're not bearing a lot of fruit, guess what? God expects you to do a self-examination 
and to even prune the areas that are dead in your life so that will grow back and produce more fruit. Amen? That is, that is your responsibility as a follower of Christ. And listen, I'm telling you, you better listen to this because this is true. If you're not intentionally being discipled by Christ, then you are unintentionally being discipled by the world. Period. This thing is messing up your belief system. And it's, it's burning it like a hole through your brain, and you don't even realize it's doing it. Because it's continual. 24-7. Then, God forbid, if you're watching news. Right? Listen, we've got to understand, we have got to be intentionally discipled by Jesus. And that means we have to get rooted in him. You know, comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Did you know that? Nothing grows in comfort. Period. Because you're not being challenged. You're not being stretched. You're, 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 you're taking, again, the path of least resistance. You know, he's not looking for a month. He's not looking for a, 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 a week, a month, or a decade. He's looking for a, a whole lifetime. Thank you, baby. I just went blank. He's looking for a whole lifetime so that you leave a generational impact on this world. Amen? <clears throat> Guys, there's no, there's no wave a magic wand over your life and things just disappear and get better. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. You have to study. You have to spend time in the Word. You have to spend time in the Scripture. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. And I, th- I think we're, we're in that time where God is saying, wakey, wakey to the church. <coughs> Wake up. Become aware. Because if you're not aware, you're going to get caught on the side of the road with no provision to be able to help you get off the road. No provision. We're probably going to be doing a series around this. So next time I talk, we're going to be talking about three different soils that you need to be planted in in order to see victory in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, that's all I got to say today. I'm going to turn it over to Craig. Craig, come on up here. Come on, give God praise for that word. Thank you, Pastor Chris. What a great word. Right on time. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going to do a couple things before we go. Um, First of all, I just want to give you an opportunity. We're going to start doing this more frequently because we believe, as Pastor Chris mentioned last week, that we're in a season of casting the net. And when you cast the net, you're expanding your reach, you're expanding your vision, you're believing that God's going to impact our city and our region and our community. We believe there's going to be people that come into this place and that you interact with during the week that need Jesus, that need to surrender their life. And how many know if we don't have faith for that and we're not expecting that, we're not going to see that. 
But I believe in this room today there are people. So I want to do this right now. I want you just to, uh, I'm not going to do this every week. I was contemplating which way do we do this. Just close your eyes for just a minute. If you're in this room, and I really want to speak to two types of people. <clears throat> At the end, the prayer team's going to be up here, and you're going to be able to come up and say, listen, that was me. I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Or I asked to go deeper in him. I want to be rooted in him. I need grace to do that, and we'll pray with you. But if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have a personal relationship with Him, you're not abiding in His Word, you're not abiding in Him, or maybe also you at one time knew Him, you walked with Him, you used to, you were in the Word, you were spending time with Him, but that relationship's been cut off. Today, the good news is He's inviting you into the family. It's about family. It's not about religion. It's about not joining a church. It's about accepting the call and the invitation to come into the family. And so if that's you, I believe the Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart all through the message, all through the worship. I believe that this is a moment that you can surrender and you can say, Lord, I want to grow deeper in you. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over the room. Raise your hand all over the room. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. But if that's you, or if you're in this room and really everybody should raise their hand, you know you need to go deeper. I want you to raise your hand. Now look at all, there's lots of hands up in the room. Father, right now, I just pray right now that you would give us grace this week to be like the tree that's planted by the waters. Lord, I'm reminded that the early church was first called the way and that you want to so intentionally wreck our lives in a good way. You want to invade every area of our life so that people will see us and when they see us, they'll see you. That we become the sign and the wonder that points to Jesus. And Lord, I believe this week we're going to do that. And I just want to give you a word of knowledge as I'm about to mention about healing. But the Lord told me during the service while Chris was ministering, this week many of you are going to have opportunities to, to share your faith and to minister to neighbors and people that are your co-workers. This week, there'll be an open door. There'll be a neon sign. You'll know it. The Holy Spirit will even tell you that this is your opportunity. And so I release courage over you. I release boldness over you to be able to connect with that person and be the net that brings them into the kingdom. And right now, I declare this week, I want you to say this, we are going deeper. Lord, let my roots go deeper. Come on, say it. Prune my life so that I can be the most fruitful tree that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Wow, the fire of God's back here, right there. All right, now a couple of words of knowledge for healing. And then you can, um, we're actually going to minister a little differently instead of the up here. We will be up here if you do want to come up. I want you to come up and I want you to take courage and be bold. And come up and say, listen, that was me. I, I, I want to go deeper. And, and I want you to take that step. But there's a couple things. Um, fractures, hairline fractures, particularly somebody's right wrist, 
there's a, there's a crack in your wrist, whether you've had pain in your wrist, you've not had full movement, God is healing it right now. Just begin to move that place. Secondly, hip joint. The Lord said, I'm healing hip joints. I've never had that one before. He's healing your hip joint right now. If you need healing, and the last thing is, I went to the doctor and found out my blood pressure is high because some things are going on at work, and I believe sometimes I'll give a word of knowledge, and when I give that word, what's on my body is released. So I want to be healed, so I'm going to do it for my benefit and yours. If you have high blood pressure, I believe that Jesus is here. And here's how we're going to minister. If you're that person and that was you, if you need healing in those areas or any area in your body, I want you to raise your hand right now. Hold it up high, all the way up, all over the room. If you need healing in any area, those areas, but any area, right now, body, resurgent family, you are anointed. I want you to go and pray for them right now. Just go to that person. I want you to put your hands on them. I want you to go and minister to them right now just for a moment. Just go pray for them. Just release your faith. I'll, I'll help you. But I want you to go to them. I want you to start praying for them. Father, right now, we release healing in this room. We declare by your stripes we are healed from the top of our head to the toes of our feet. Lord, this week I've been taking communion for my family, but also for the resurgent family, declaring by your stripes they are healed. Sickness has to go. We declare that that wrist is being healed right now. Full movement, mobility, hairline cracks are being healed right now in Jesus' name. Blood pressure is coming down. Whatever it is, Jesus, you are the way and you are the healer. We release that in this room right now. Now what I want you to do is just go ahead and test it. Does it take long? Just go ahead. Whatever you could not do before, I want you to test it out real quickly. Go ahead. Listen, you don't have to pray long. When the anointing's present, there's healing. Now, if you're in this room and you, you, we prayed for you and you feel something different, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you felt something different, I want you to test it out. I feel like over here in this area, there's somebody that got healed. Just test it out. Come on, anybody? Yeah, I thought so. Well, I just speak more to that. Anybody else? Some of you, as you go, you're going to see healing. So we give God. Let's give Team Jesus praise for that. Hallelujah. What a great day. Listen, invite somebody next week. It's going to be incredible. I'm so glad to hear Pastor Chris. It was uh, just a great word. And listen, go back and listen to it. Go back. It's, those messages are online. How many of you have noticed the difference in our media? Noticing that we've been intentionally putting more things. Listen, share those things on them on, on Instagram. Share them on Facebook. I believe the Lord is inviting people, sons and daughters, into this house for such a time. Well, God bless you. I pray blessings over you. If you, need, if you want to come to the front for any special prayer requests, or if you're coming up to say, today was the day I decided to go deeper. I want Christ in my life. I surrendered. You can do that now. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website, 